when something tragic happens in your life, um, I believe that it like it, it brings you to a spiritual fork in the road. Like you can either get closer to God or you can turn away from God. So Jim and I um, both grew up in this, at the Jersey Shore. It, we actually lived in the same neighborhood for over 30 years, but we never met, never knew each other um, until a dating service set us up, which is kind of a funny story. Um, and after that, we married and we were married for five years. We did not have any children. We were madly in love. We enjoyed doing everything together. Um, and we were both scuba divers. Um, and Jim was also a very gifted um, talented underwater photographer. So tuck that away for later because you might might need to remember that. Um, back then, before 9-11, um, I was a pharmacist working full-time uh, at a local pharmacy, and Jim was a computer software engineer, and he worked for Cantor Fitzgerald. His office was on the 103rd floor of Tower 1 of the World Trade Center. Now, um, Jim had a very long commute to work, it took him two hours to get from our home at the Jersey Shore to his office in Manhattan and then another two hours to get back. So because he was on the road so much, I always worried about him. So every morning when Jim left for work, I would pray for God to keep him safe. And I did indeed pray that morning of 9-11. And um, as you know, on that day, terrorists used commercial jets as bombs to murder Jim and thousands of other innocent people. And um, my whole world came crashing down with the towers. And I was left with a broken heart and broken dreams and a broken faith. But fortunately, my story does not end there. But I think, Nancy, before we go any further, I also want to um, explain where I was spiritually before 9-11. Because before 9-11, um, my knowledge of God was very, very superficial and short-sighted. To me, he was no more than like a Santa Claus. You know, like, don't be naughty, just be nice, and he'll give you whatever you ask for. Um, I only went to church because I wanted to score points with God. And I really went when it was convenient for me. I could care less about Jesus. I had heard many times that Jesus died for the sins of man and and that he rose again. And I remember thinking, well, that's good news, you know, for all the naughty people in the world, like people like Hitler and, you know, the murderers, the rapists, they are sinners. They need Jesus, not me, because I'm not really a sinner. I knew I wasn't perfect, but I I didn't think that my sins were that serious. To God. So I didn't think I needed Jesus in my life. And to be perfectly honest, I didn't want Jesus in my life. As far as the Bible, I never I never read the Bible, never owned a Bible, never even opened a Bible. I had zero interest in it. I wanted nothing to do with it. So that was pretty much um, where I was spiritually, the extent of my spiritual life before 9-11, and then 9-11 happened. And um, you know, my my initial reaction was denial at first because remember, I had prayed every morning for God to keep Jim safe. So um, I remember thinking, well, over and over and over again in my mind was this can't be happening, this can't be happening. But at the same time, I also remember thinking he's going to be okay because after all, I prayed to God this morning and God would never let anything bad happen to him. 
because he's a good person and I'm a good person. And, you know, we go to church once in a while. So, you know, we'll be okay. He'll be okay. And then hours went by and days went by. And when Jim never came home, that's when the denial turned to anger because I knew that God did not cause 9-11 to happen, but he allowed it to happen. So in my mind, it was all God's fault. Mm-hmm. Like most people would think, yes. right? Like so, most of yes. people would think, but, the, but, you know, I love the thoughts of um, you talking about, you know, just because I'm good, I'm going to get into heaven and I do all the things. And a lot of people believe this. A lot of people believe, Hey, listen, you know, I went to church Sunday, you know, and, and, and I'm good for the week. Yeah. Yeah. Jack, Mark. Right. <laughs> and uh, you know, but, but really in reality, Jesus wants us to come to him and that's exactly what it's all about. And that's what happened to you. So let's keep going. When something tragic happens in your life, um, I believe that it like it, it brings you to a spiritual fork in the road. Like you can either get closer to God or you can turn away from God. So um, in those early days and weeks and months after 9-11, God used many different people and a few significant events to help steer me to his direction. Now, some of the people had always been there in my life, like my family and my friends. Um, but then God also brought in some complete strangers that just appeared in my life, even just for a fleeting moment, then they were gone and I never saw them again. Others he brought into my life and they've remained there and become dear friends. But God used all of these people collectively in that first year after 9-11. He used them to show me his love to show me his love and to show me the love of his son, Jesus. Because some of these people um, helped me to realize that being angry with God was proof that I still believe there is a God. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I can't be angry with them because you can't be mad at someone who doesn't exist, right? So that was a huge eye-opener for me, a big revelation for me. And then other people took the time to explain to me who Jesus is, what he's done for us. They helped me to see my need for him. So um, that anger and that bitterness in my heart eventually down the road turned into hope and peace and trust. And it didn't happen overnight. And I'm leaving out like a thousand details, Um, but it happened. And as I said, God used many different people to make it happen. And most of them were strangers. There Mm -hmm. is always a long line of people that do bring you to Christ. But what was the moment that you knew that Jesus was your savior? And you had to go to him. Say It was really a combination of three things. It was God used his people, God used his word, and God used his underwater creation. So I'll tell you a little bit. I'll just give you one little glimpse of a story um, about um, a a stranger that he put in my life. This uh, was a few months after 9-11 when I was at the height of my anger. It was right before Christmas of 2001. And if your viewers have ever lost a loved one very close to you, then you know how those first holidays are just agonizing. So um, somehow I found the strength to go Christmas shopping that year. And somehow God knew that I needed to be in a particular store at a particular time so that I would pass a particular Salvation Army bell ringer. You know those bell ringers? They stand outside ringing their bell, right? So I gave the guy a dollar. I put it in the little red bucket and he handed me a card, which I just stuffed in my pocket. And after the traumatic shopping experience, I just wanted to go home. So I ran to my car and 
I, I got in, slammed the door, and then I lost it. I had a major meltdown right there in the car, sobbing uncontrollably because I, you know, all of those, all the anger and the bitterness and the questions without answers, and then seeing all of those happy women in the store shopping for Christmas presents for their husbands, that pushed me over the edge. And I went into my pocket for a tissue and I pulled out the card that the Salvation Army man had given me. And on it was a verse from the Bible. It was Jeremiah 29, 11. It said, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And, you know, at the time I had no clue who Jeremiah was didn't know the Bible, didn't want to know the Bible, but I realized this must be something from the Bible um, because it had a colon on it, Jeremiah 29 colon 11. And to me, that looked like something from the Bible. But most importantly, it those words, hope in the future, like jumped out at me and I realized um, that it was something from the Bible. And more importantly, it felt to me like God himself had just broken the silence and spoken to me, which he did through his word. And that was the catalyst for me to open a Bible for the first time in my life ever. I started reading it and that's when I was, boy, did I ever learn a lot, you know, because I didn't grow up with the Bible. And as I said, didn't want anything to do with it, but God opened my heart to that. Once I started reading it, he taught me so much through it. He taught me about himself, that he really is good and kind and loving and merciful and gracious, but he's also holy and righteous and just. Yes. And he showed me a lot about myself. He taught me gently through his word that I am not the good person that I thought I was, that I really am a sinner yeah. and and that i i deserve the punishment that that sin brings you know he he gently showed me um that i was a, a sinner in need of a savior and that the only one who can save is jesus christ and so um this was again a journey uh, it wasn't an overnight process it it took a lot of bible reading and and a lot of praying through through the reading of god's word and through his prayer and through other people that he put in my life um, my heart of stone began to soften and God gave me a heart of flesh. You asked about the moment when I really knew I needed to trust Jesus. That happened underwater. <laughs> that was um, that was an amazing experience. Jim and I were scuba divers and we often went down to the island of Grand Cayman and spent a lot of time diving down there. And we had gotten to know um, a lot of people down there who lived on the island. And um, uh, there's one dive company that actually had a bronze memorial plaque placed underwater on a coral reef in Jim's memory, which was an amazing tribute to him. So um, myself and my sister and uh, my brother-in-law all went down there um, in, well, it was actually July of 2002, so less than a year after 9-11. And um, at that point, I had started reading the Bible. At that point, my heart was softening. At that point, God was really working mightily through different circumstances and different people, including this particular um, tribute to Jim. And so I always tell people, this was July 17th, 2002. It was the day of my salvation. I submerged into the water to see that plaque. I submerged as one person. I was terrified. I was terrified of diving without Jim. I had never done that before. But more than anything, I was terrified of living the rest of my life without Jim. But 
after seeing the beauty of the underwater world in a completely different perspective than I had a year ago before that, um, before 9-11, it was just everything was beautiful, but I never looked at it as God's creation. I didn't see God's hand in it. This time I did. And after some amazing things that were happening underwater, too long for me to explain on this interview, um, but I surfaced from that dive as another person because I realized that I really can live the rest of my life without Jim, but I cannot live the rest of my life without Jesus. And it was that very day that I totally surrendered my life and my heart and my sins to Jesus, um, gave him my sins. He gave me his uh, salvation, his righteousness, his promise of spending eternity with him. And that is when I found true peace, because I, I truly believe that is the only way we truly find peace in our heart is uh, by knowing that we have, um, you know, the Holy Spirit comes and just takes control of your life. We give him control of our life. And, um, you know, that's not to say I, I have all the answers because I don't. That's not to say I don't struggle sometimes with uncertainty or fear or anxiety because we all do. Um, but I know that no matter how bad things get in this life, I have the promise of something glorious in the next life. And that's the true peace that we find. It's the peace that surpasses all understanding. I don't know. I don't understand everything, but I trust the one who does. Yeah. But God allows suffering. He has a way of using the trials in our life to bring us closer to him because unfortunately, sometimes that's what it takes to get our attention. So as drastic as it might seem, God sometimes allows a person or an entire nation to suffer with the intention of awakening our faith or reawakening our faith. There is sometimes work that needs to be done inside of us that cannot be accomplished any other way. And sometimes that process can be painful. Um, but if we are truly trusting God, the outcome will always bring glory to him and it's always good for us. Um, people struggle with trusting God and I always tell them, trust really is built on relationship right? Because think about it. You really, How can you really trust a person until you get to know them? You can't because trust is built on relationship. And God has made it possible for us to know him. In fact, that's his greatest will for us. It's his greatest desire. And he's made it possible through a relationship with his son, Jesus, and through his word, the Bible, through prayer, through the Holy Spirit, through fellowship with other believers, so that we can all say, on the basis of what we do know about God, we can trust him with the things that we don't know. But the key is to know God. And that is something that I repeat to myself and to many people all the time. On the basis of what I do know about God, I can trust him with the things that I don't know. But the key is to know God, knowing him through his word, knowing him through prayer, knowing him through his son, Jesus. Uh -huh. Let's talk about how people reject us when we try to share the gospel with other people like and how to, how does that make us feel how what you know what do we do i can understand that very well because i was on the other side of that for many many years my sister and brother were both very strong committed christ-centered bible believing authentic christians for decades and for decades they prayed for their little sister to come to christ and during that time they would 
present the gospel to me. They would share it with me. They would tell me how much I need Jesus in my life. And because they were family, because I was so close to them, I could shut them down. I could say, I don't want to hear any more of that. And I did say that many times. I, I can still picture myself saying it to my brother when he was in my face about how I need Jesus. And I was like, look, I am not a Jesus freak like you. Just leave me alone. You're getting on my last nerve. I could say that to them because they're so close, because they're a family. So I understand being on that side of it. Um, but God knew that I was not going to listen to my family after 9-11. So that I believe is why he put complete strangers in my life because he knew that I was gonna be polite and listen to them as they spoke about Jesus. He knew that I'm not the kind of person that would just say, shut up, I don't wanna hear about Jesus to a complete stranger. It's just not in my nature. And everybody's different, yes, but I, I really believe that, um, that he can use all of us to talk to complete strangers and strangers will listen because they don't, they don't they don't really want to shut you down or they can ask questions where, whereas they might feel embarrassed to ask their family of believers questions. Cause that implies that they don't know anything about God. And that can be, you know, kind of embarrassing. Sometimes they're ashamed of that. So they would rather ask questions to a complete stranger. The anonymity of it is very important. So um, I think in answer to your question, um, prayer is extremely important because my brother and sister prayed for me to come to Christ for over 30 years. Sometimes God answers prayers in days and sometimes he answers them in decades, but he answers them according to his plan and to his timing. And that's what happened with me. So I would encourage your viewers to never stop praying for your loved ones who are not believers. Never stop praying, never stop witnessing to them um, whether that is done passively just by showing them love and showing them the love of Christ and how you respond to certain situations because they are watching you. They may not want to listen to you, but they're watching you. So um, don't blow your testimony. You know, when you're, when during tough times, let them see how you're trusting God and that will make an impact on them. And then pray that you yourself can be used in the lives of others, people that you don't know, um, because those other people, you know, God may put you in their life and for such a time as this, the way that he did for me to um, to bring someone to Christ. Um, how can they find out more about you and your get your books? Well, thank you, Nancy. Um, and I do appreciate your um, kind invitation to have me on your wonderful show. Um, yes, they can go on my website, which is jennifersands.com. That's J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R-S-A-N-D-S.com. And they can read more about my books. They can read more about my story. They can watch videos of some interviews that I've done and some TV shows, and uh, they can learn a lot. And um, what would you like to leave my audience with, with today? Um, sometimes I think back on my life, well, many times I think back on my life in the past 22 plus years, and I marvel at how God took the worst thing that ever happened to me, my husband's murder, and he brought forth the, the best thing that could ever happen to me, my salvation, the, the promise of spending eternity in heaven. So sometimes when we face our greatest loss, God will bring forth our greatest gain. And I'm sure that many of your viewers have already experienced that and seen that in your lives. But if you haven't seen that, um, trust him. Trust him that whatever you're going through right now, he has a plan. He wants you to, he wants to carry you through that. And if you're putting your trust in him, um, you will see the outcome is for your good and for his glory. If this ministry has blessed your life, 
Would you like, subscribe, and share it with others? We're here to fulfill the Great Commission. So be sure to join us for the next episode of The Call with Nancy Cervato. You'll be blessed. Do you listen to the call of God? Because God speaks to you every day. Are you listening to the call? What sound is heard?